Oh, hi there. It's James. Um, just interrupting this broadcast to say, if you like the podcast, can you please go onto iTunes, subscribe to it, leave a review, say how much you like it, and maybe get in touch with us. <laughs> if you like wine, if you like a bargain, if you live in London and your name is Justin. Marvin. Marvin, that's better. Uh, why not get involved with the Drop Wine app? You can download it at dropwine.co.uk and they will deliver wine to wherever you are in London within the hour. Quite the service. Great selection of wines. So um, get involved with that and you'll get £10 off your first order when you enter Kitchen on Fire in the promo code. So, you know, fill your boots and then your glass and then your mouth and your gullet and then your belly and then the lavatory. Citizens arrest. <laughs> uh, so, Sam, we off? Yeah. Yeah, off the races? Off to the races. I can't decide. Uh... <laughs> Sam is drinking a... Ru- this is wheels off time, isn't it? <laughs> Sam's drinking a rum miniature. <laughs> that really is. That looks Ooh. fiery. And I'm Ooh. having a little whiskey because I've got this a cold is black coming. Black magic, black spiced rum, rum sample, fifty mils, forty percent, fresh bottle. This was sent to us by J and B themselves. Was it? Australian Brooks. Yeah. So thanks for sending the whiskey, which you sent about a year ago, which we've never mentioned. Do you like a bit of whiskey? You like bourbon, really, don't you? I do like bourbon. Yeah. And you just have it neat on the rocks. Yeah. Sometimes I have a, a cube of ice, a little splash of water for me, half yeah. and half. Yeah. Drown it. Mm. Um, I can't decide whether we should talk about who our Christmas special guest is going to be or nope. just drop it yeah uh, we'll build it up because yeah. that's the thing as well nobody would be nobody will be oh is that who it is people will be psyched yeah yeah I mean I think it'll be the, our most listened to episode yes I think so too we're sitting down for lunch with them so apologies in advance to Katie and all the other people who write in complaining about um, when we well, I used to complain when we'd occasionally eat because it's we're having lunch with these people. Sorry, Kate, I'm eating a chocolate biscuit, and I'm fucking excited and very nervous, both about how much alcohol we might have to ingest, but also big dogs, two of the biggest dogs in the world, not just in the industry. I've never seen a bigger dog. There's two of them. Never seen two bigger yeah. dogs. Like a, like a pair of reverse. Dachshunds. What's the biggest dog you've seen? Actual dog, mm-hmm. Great Dane. Yeah, they're pretty big. How great are they? They're great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Absolutely, Tony the Tiger. Um, no, that, I mean that is amazing. But I, t- I told my wife today, and she must have been going, "Oh, that's amazing." And I said, "Yeah, amazing, stroke terrifying." Because I think there's there'll be pressure to eat and drink correctly. I don't mean yeah. manners wise, but just you know, do this thing properly. Yeah, like, and I think we do things properly. Will we supersize? Probably. Are yeah. you going to get a milkshake? Absolutely. No doubt. But then McFlurry afterwards or not? Yeah. McFlurry and chips, good combo. Underrated. This rum is good. Um, so what's going on, Sam? How's, uh, how's, 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 how's tricks? Yep. Yeah? Yep. Tricks are tricking? Yep. Tricky? Yeah. Tricky? No, not really. Um, I've got a little bit of a little hangover. Um, went to... 
usually if you say I went to Quo Vadis last night, it's like, oh, you've got an absolutely monster hangover because that's Quo Vadis. But it, it wasn't it wasn't a classic QV night in terms of 3am, but it was lovely times. Coombs Head Farm, Tom Adams and co came up to cook. I was very sad that Bart, who we bonded with when we went to Coombs Head, was there, but we didn't get to see him. Ah. But had lovely times, drinking wines, eating delicious food, and doing Bane impressions for most of the evening. What was he cooking? Just a charcuterie and whatnot? He did a hand plate. Yeah, yeah. there was a hand plate. Yeah. Don't you worry about that. Well, I'm not worried. Um, there was a little unbelievable... I mean, the ham was, like, as good as any, like, of the top draw five... Is it 5J or whatever the Iberico stuff you get? That's right. just, like... Doesn't doesn't quite have that like nuttiness you get from the Spanish hams, but proper proper kit, and then did a little like ham jam, a ham jam, ham jam in chicory. Obviously, their bread, which comes with a slab of butter the size of your fist, which you just sort of slather on, um, and then it was basically pork base, a little sort of choucroute garni. Ooh, love me, yeah, a that was banging, An unbelievable mashed potato with this like pork trotter uh, gravy. Um, it was all it was all pretty pretty good. It was always a funny one, like those guest chef things. You know, you know, obviously different context and all that. So it's never quite the same. But um, really nice. Tom Adams, what a gent. Um, he was meant to be on the pod, but he was too busy cooking and looking after a child who was misbehaving. So yeah, so that's that was you know last night. Maybe we'll get him on another time. I'm sure we will. Well, I was thinking if. If, you know, when we win Euro Millions, it's not an if, it's a when yeah. by this point, because I've done it so many times, I'm starting to think I'm jinxed, but it'll happen. Thinking me and you and our respective wives yeah. should go have a little trip to Coombshead. Go and put down a hand plate. Yeah. Four ball hand plate. Four ball hand plate. Yeah. Oh, that'd be lovely. Mm. Yeah. That'd be good fun. Two cars or we'd go down just in one? I think two cars. Two cars, yeah, because at the end of that, you're like, yeah... I've had enough. I've had enough of the Hurleys. Yeah, Don't want to be to. getting back in the car with them. No. That's like, you know, and some things have probably happened. You're like... Bit of swapping. Yeah. Whoa. What? No. Didn't mean that. I just arguments. like people fighting over ham plates, arguments. Yeah. Arguments over yeah. ham. Oh, I want a windy walk in this direction. Well, no, I want a windy walk in that direction. Rosie and I had an argument in the cab last night. Can't remember it. As about I can't a remember, walk? I can't remember what it was about, but I oh, know yeah. that we got to the end and we're like, sorry to the Uber driver. Um... Yeah, it was one of those nights. As in, Larry, but fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she didn't remember getting the Uber, so... Crumbs. Well, big night. Big night for the Ramsdens. Something the about town. QV, it just it really ignites the thirst. It encourages bad behaviour. thirst igniter. It does. It's like uh, the Groucho used to be. Yeah. Just you could walk in there, bad things happen. You're walking in there next week. I am, yeah. yeah. Crikey. Our Christmas lunch is two days after your wife's 40th. Oh, the yeah. pod? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. And then is it the Wednesday after that? No. Is that... Oh. No, then I think we've got a bit of recovery time. Okay, that's good. Yeah, no, I saw that today. Yeah, that is... I mean, it's absolute carnage. It's wheels off time. Yeah. I feel like Christmas has already begun, though. Mm. Yeah, no, I feel like Christmas here is great. Like, it's, it's freezing cold. I'm staying in a freezing cold flat. The heating doesn't work. Right. Um, You've they, been usurped because my mate's now living yeah. with us. Um, but Sorry about that. No, 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 it's fine. Um, but I feel like the minute the weather's cold, the minute I'm annoyed I haven't got gloves, the minute I'm annoyed that I Stop won't Stop saying trainers, the minute. No, that's what it's all about, the yeah. minute. Rhetoric. The minute 
Yeah, there's the, a word for that. The repetitive nature of repeating it. Yeah, um, but there's a word for it when you do it three times. Yeah, it's called a lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, Quite bad. The, yeah, the minute all of that stuff happens, then I'm like, yeah, it's Christmas, fuck it. Everyone gets a bit silly. Go from, you go from walking into the pub and ordering a lager, in my case, to ordering an ale. Oh, really? Is that your move? Yeah, when it gets cold, ale. Really? Lovely pint of Hophead last night. Dark Star Brewery. Wonderful beer. Mm. Good chat. Um, Sam, let's talk about scams. Mm -hmm. I really want to talk about scams in restaurants. surprise. Did you think I was going to bring that up? I forgot about it, but you you enjoy reminding me about it. Yeah, I got scammed, James. I got scammed in Sons and Daughters. Talk our listeners through it. I was in the office, uh, and... One of our team came back and said, oh, there's a, a woman here to speak to you. And I was like, oh, who's, who is she? People don't generally turn up to talk to me. But um, said, I don't know, it's busy, can you come and talk to her? I was like, yeah, of course. So I come out and there's a woman there, um, probably sort of late 50s, maybe. Um, and, you know, appearance-wise or whatever, she was very well-dressed, she was very well-spoken, she had a receipt in her hand, she said, hi, I'm so sorry to bother you, um, I was in here last week and somebody spilled coffee on my jacket and the manager on duty very kindly said that he would pay for the dry cleaning when I next came back, I'm based in Leeds, so I haven't been here for a week. I was like, oh, okay, fine, um, I said, we don't actually have any cash, though, because we're cashless, and she was a bit ratty about that. And I said, I'm really sorry, we just, we don't. But if you want to give me your card, I can transfer the money onto your card. And she said, oh, I only have my work card with me. Which is now, that's the thing that I'm like, oh, I should have thought that's weird. But she was getting a bit ratty, and the restaurant was busy. So it was sort of, there were customers either side of her, t- on tables and also on the bar. We stood in between. I asked the staff if they had any money. Your wife was in. I asked her if she had any cash. <coughs> she did not have I'm any cash. I'm fucking glad she didn't have any cash. <laughs> yeah. Um... Anyway, then this woman started getting a little bit ratty, and I was, you know, trying to Danny Mayer the hell out of it, you know, just whip a bit of hospitality mm. in it, and I was like, do you know what? You've come down here in the rain, and we are, I haven't got the cash to give you. Did you think about, like, offering her some free sandwiches and... No. I was yeah. just... She wanted money. Yeah, she wanted cash money. Yeah. So I said, look, i tell you what, let me get my coat, I'll go over to Waitrose, there's a cash point there, and I'll give you some cash. And I'd found a fiver in the restaurant from Tips, which I stole... Uh, and which will be returned, of course. Uh, <laughs> imagine, I know. Of course, of course it, it fucking will. Yeah. Imagine if people were like, oh, yeah, he's stolen it. I have stolen it. I haven't. Uh, so went over to Waitrose, got the money out, had the five. It was only twelve fifty. she wanted. We're wandering over there talking about Christmas. She's going to Paris. Her friend's going to her place in Tenerife. Oh. Uh, lovely chat. She works in interior design. Uh, lovely lady, real nice. Um... Gave her 15 quid, because I was like, you know, you've, you've got rained on, and I'm sorry, I'd love to see you back in. Oh, I love Sam, your place. You're Sam not responsible great. for the weather. Um, and then uh, I get back to the shop. She, we go our separate ways. And as I walk out, I check my phone. It's Miss Call in there from Caleb, one of our team, who it was the one who had originally told me that I needed to sort the situation out. He's going, yeah, I think it was probably a scam. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, yeah, maybe it was a scam. And I was like, no, nah, she was really nice. And then sort of put the messages out there and turned out, yes, I'd been scammed. <laughs> there was nobody had any recollection of a woman getting coffee on her coat. Uh, it was all complete bollocks. 
and I paid up. And it's, it, it is well known as one of the oldest hospitality scams in the book. Although I had never heard of that before, yeah. and neither had... Um, Printers woken up. Who else hadn't heard of it? And Gigi at Pigeon hadn't heard oh, of had it Oh, had she either. not? No. Oh, right. I uh, thought everyone at Pigeon, when you said it, like went, oh, my God, seriously. No, I mean, you did. I was like, I mean, maybe I have. I, in my head, I hadn't. It didn't cross my mind. Uh, what I wish had happened was that you'd picked... Caleb had called you and you'd picked up the phone while you were walking across Granary Square with this woman. Or just while you are at the cash point. Hello. Yeah, mate, um, I think it's a scam. It's like a really famous scam. And you're there looking at her and she's looking at you. And Like, what are you doing in that situation? Citizen's arrest. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Swift kick to the back of the knee... Karate chop, probably to the throat, winded, yeah. on the ground. Chokehold. Yeah, 60 year old woman, arms behind the back, whistle for attention, uh, then recovery position, uh, and uh, await further instructions. Yeah. Tread, tread water. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, that, that would be about if, proportional. If I had got that message saying, I think it's a scam, then I genuinely, I know, I know exactly that I would have said, sorry, I think this is a scam. I would have would said you? that to her. I would say, I think this is a scam. If it's not, then you can make a complaint. But nobody has any recollection of you ever being in the shop. And so either you can get ratty about it and or we can call the police or something or whatever. I, I definitely would have done yeah. that. I wouldn't have been like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. I'll just give you the money. Yeah, I would have. Really? Probably. Like, oh, it's too, it's too late. It's too late. I'm committed now. No, I definitely. Yeah, you, I can see yeah. you doing it. And then a friend of mine was in the shop today, and I was in the office in town, and got a text from him saying, uh, "Sam's at the bar." But I don't think I think you met him for about five seconds in Pigeon when we were doing the fit out. Then he lives up north, but he comes down for work, and you don't need to know that, listeners. But I just just giving you a bit more colour. His mum taught you how to. His mum, uh, his mum Eileen, was, to play cricket. she taught me how to cook. He was my cricket so coach. Additional colour for yeah, listeners. Lovely, there. Eileen. His What's mother. his name? Ron. Ron. Ronald. Ron. Uh, that was a. I think he listens to this a bit, actually. Um, So um, I'll be nice, but I would be anyway. Anyway, Ron texted to me saying, uh, I don't think Sam remembers me. Uh, Can I say anything to wind him up? And I was like, that is the best timing imaginable that you've asked that question. I was like, go up to him and tell him you've got a dry cleaning receipt. And then I was like, you might actually go fucking mental if he does that. But he he wimped out. He did kind of wimp out, yeah. And I was, uh, alarm bells were ringing. Because I was in the office again and somebody comes in, oh, there's somebody here to see you. Really? Who is it? Is it about dry cleaning again? They were laughing. And I just thought they were laughing at me. I thought it was um, a customer or whatever that I actually had to deal with. But yeah, it's, re- it's super embarrassing, isn't it, getting tricked? Yeah, but this is, you know, the, the sort of victim blaming is something we inflict on ourselves as well. Like you feel like you're somehow an idiot or, you know, somehow a guilty party when it's they, you've just got robbed. Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah, I'll find her. Will you? Yeah. Track her down. Yeah. Well, she's either going to be in Leeds... Well, CCTV. ...or in Paris, C- or Have in you checked CCTV? No. Well, let's put photos of her everywhere. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah. I'm not uh, just a pretty she's, face. She's in Leeds. How are we going to get the photos <laughs> of her in Leeds? Or in Paris? Yeah. She's got a place in Tenerife as it's well. It's possible that none of that was true. No, who would make that up? What I would really love is if we did all that, photos all over, and then... She sues us, and one of our staff goes, "Oh, her! <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, that woman we spilled yeah. coffee on. <laughs> yeah, my bad." Um, 
Yeah, uh. it's bad. Feel feel bad. I should probably re- reimburse the company for ten pounds. Yeah, I was thinking about that actually. Yeah, I probably that should. if it wasn't you, what would I say? And I wouldn't say you have to reimburse us. I would no. say these things happen. Yeah, but with you, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're an idiot. Yeah. Um, yeah, damn it. Well, anyway, you live and you learn. Hopefully. I mean, if you get done again, then it will be... I don't know why they realised, though, Caleb and Natalie, why they realised while I was with her, oh, this is a scam. Because they were the ones telling me that I should sort this situation Caleb, out. I spoke to him this morning, he wasn't, he wasn't really listening. He was like, I was fucking busy and I was trying to focus on whatever he was doing, mm-hmm. so I kind of checked out of it and I just let Sam get on with it. Uh, so he hadn't quite picked up on what was going on. He said if he'd known, he would have immediately set you straight. Very sad to see the back of Caleb. He's back in a few weeks, isn't he? I know, but I look, as, as I said to Chris when we hired him, I was like, ah, he's great, but he's an actor. He won't be around for long. Yeah. Sure enough, gets a job in Glasgow. He's off to Glasgow. Whereas so Mrs. has got a job in Glasgow. Yeah, I know. I wanted to big him up, give oh. him a bit of a boost. He's got a job, though, with the uh, opera, the Scottish opera, Scottish National Opera. He's a puppeteer. Is he? Yeah. He's an exceptionally nice bloke. He it's is. been lovely working with him. Yeah, he's a great dude. Uh, yeah, interesting chat with him about how much you get paid uh, in Panto, working at the National, working as a puppeteer for the Scottish Opera. Yeah. I'm not going to get into it, what's but the bunch? interesting figures. Pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. Because you get paid for just rehearsal weeks, and then you get paid per show. So we've been talking about doing a pigeon nativity. Yeah. What about a panto? Pigeon pan. Pigeon panto? I just think pantos need to be... People don't take them seriously because the story... Oh, yes, they do. (laughs) The stories aren't very serious. So what if you did, it's a panto, but there's some heavy-duty stuff in it. It's like Bravo 2-0 in panto format. Yeah, and just throw some issues in there. You know, big issues. Gender politics. Gender politics. Politics, Brexit. Nuclear weapons. Yeah. Uh, The Millennium Bug. Yeah, Millennium Bug. I could do a citizen's arrest (laughs) in it. So that it's it? educational as well as hard hitting. Um, <laughs> do you th- when do you think the last citizens' arrest was performed? I think people probably do them all the time, and they I, probably go badly, badly wrong. I think it was something that as kids we talked about doing, and, and no adult has ever, <laughs> ever until today, yeah. even considered. Oh, this is a citizens' arrest. I think about performing a citizens' arrest often. If you saw Nigel Farage, would you perform a citizens' arrest? Yes. On yeah. Yeah. But I, he's probably got goons, hasn't he? Yeah. Do you reckon they beat me up? It's not going to look good for him if I get beaten up. No. Like, oh, my God. Farage's goons just... You know, Farage's goons have just assaulted the, you know, Tiki-off. One yeah. of the Tiki-off, too. Where do you stand on, on milkshaking? Throwing milkshakes yeah. at people? Um, I mean, it's silly, you know, whatever, but if somebody throws a milkshake at Nigel Farage I, I don't you know violence if they're going to throw a brick at him or whatever but yeah. he incites hatred and horrible things so yeah chuck a milkshake at him the problem is is that always right left blah 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 blah. but obviously the left are like nicey nicey and don't do anything and the right do bad things what do you mean what politically as politically to, yeah oh right act yeah you know like somebody was saying about the uh, presidential election next year in the states and saying the problem is whatever gains the democrats start making then they'll reach across the aisle to you know form things whereas the republicans are just like fuck you we'll win and just gerrymander the hell out of good word the whole of the states yeah i mean you might make the argument that the left don't always do nice things labor mm. anti-semitism etc but 
Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, I just meant, yeah. you know, generally. I mean, I always thought the milkshaking was a sort of innocent way of, of ridiculing yeah. um, ridiculous people. Yeah. But, and then someone described it as a mock assassination. And I sort of was like, I see what that point is. It's like, what the message is also, look what I could do. And this, yeah, it's a milkshake God, yeah, today. That is true. But tomorrow, it's, I'm yeah. going to come and shoot you. And so from that perspective, it's actually like, you know, arguably, of course, because we're lefties and it's done to people on the right, we're like, ha fuck you. But actually, it's maybe not as, as benign as... Yeah, you, yeah, I tell you what, James, not very often, not very often, but you make a good point. <laughs> Politics, discuss, just did. on board. Um, anything else to sort of knock on the head this week? or um... Um, I was going to say, actually, which uh, we... I suppose we do say nice things about restaurants. We don't say mean things. But I know you've been there twice or three times now. A meal. A meal. Thrice. Thrice. Love a meal. Yeah, and I, I was... love a meal at a meal. <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. They need to be start using that yeah. while they're playing it. Um, because we went there some time ago now, wasn't it? Probably. A few weeks with Matt Bright, friend of the pod. Matt Bright. And uh, Paul. Paul. Um, the king of Wagamama South. Um, North. South. South. Yeah. Lives in Doncaster. That's the north. But he, he operates... He operates the south. South Doncaster, underwater currently. Oh, is that where he is? Yeah. I should probably ask him if he's all right. Yeah, maybe. According, according to him, Doncaster is basically equidistant between everywhere <laughs> on planet Earth. <laughs> you need to get to Tokyo. You should start in Doncaster because it's close. <laughs> New York. Yeah, major hubs. <laughs> Doncaster lies equidistantly between all of them. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. That's what he says. It's okay. very strange. Um, but anyway, we went to a meal, and that was genuinely one of the best meals I've had all year. I thought it was fantastic. You said something very, very interesting for a change. Yes. About restaurants. Restaurants. And who was I saying this to? I can't remember now. But I was repeating... Were you palming it off as something you no, said? No, I said Sam pointed this out. Um, that... I feel like it was last night. I had a drink. It's like... Every new opening at the moment seems to be playing it incredibly safe in terms of the offering. And playing it safe, I wouldn't describe a meal in those terms, but, like, it's very comforting. It's beautiful cooking in a lovely room. But, like, you know, I feel... Why don't you expand on that instead of me I can't really remember what I said. And now I'm tucking into this black realm. I've got no idea. Um, Well, you said what I just said. Like, you know, you were reading a menu of a new restaurant. I don't know what it was. Right. And you said, God, everywhere is just... Yeah, and I wasn't saying it's a criticism no, you weren't. either. Because I'm genuinely like, that's what I want to eat at the moment. And that's, you can yeah. see that's what people want to eat. And anything outside of that, just something that just feels a bit silly about it at the moment. And, and that will change. And soon, you know, or however long that takes, you know, the pendulum will swing back the other way. And it'll be, no, I want something interesting. I want, you know, something exciting and new and... Whatever. I, I think the problem is, with all of these things, when it just becomes, that's all there is. And I'm not saying we're at that point now, and it's, uh, as I say, it's not a criticism of a meal, um, or anywhere that's doing food like that. If you gave me the choice, that's what I want to eat at the moment, for sure. But I think when there isn't room for anything else, that's like where it gets a bit sketchy. You know, like when you mm. had like Britpop, and all the bands were just dull as fuck, and retro, and you know, oh, this band sounds like the Smiths, and oh, this band sounds like the Smiths, and this band sounds like the Smiths. Yeah, and then Hanson came. Boom. Yeah. Suddenly, mbop. But mm. then suddenly, but then people do something interesting. You know, then, oh, wow, suddenly... So what so was the end of Britpop, to your mind? 
97. No, probably. but what, like, what, what, what heralded it? OK, computer or... No, yeah, probably, but that year, 97. But then I suppose 97 was Urban Hymns as well, but that was yeah. slightly Dodgy different. Dodgy debut, or was that 96? No, they were dodgy with part of that, but you had, like, the heady Britpop summer of 95, but mm. then Oasis made Be Here Now, and Blur made The Great Escape, and that sort of... And everyone was and like... Because they were both shit, everyone moved on. They were both on. shit, and so it sort of moved on, and Oasis still did Oasis things, but they were never as sort of culturally... Were you relevant. into Oasis? Like, sort of Ish. cigarettes and alcohol and... Not really, I, I like Blur. What's the story? I was right. Blur. Yeah, Team Blur. Team Blur. What's but, your favourite Blur song? Uh, Beetle Bum. Yeah. Beetle Bum. It's one of the best songs ever written, I think. Genius. Um, but, What's your least favourite Blur song? <laughs> uh, Someone tweeted the other day, I can't remember exactly, but that Country House was the worst song ever written. I didn't know. Was it Country true. House? Maybe it wasn't Country House. I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan, but Country House does have one interesting thing about it, which is the, the very coda. melancholic uh, blow, blow me out, I am so low, I don't know why, whatever. In the middle of that kind of silly song, I thought it was quite clever. But no, it's not very good. Um, but yeah, so when when everything is just that one thing, and it does feel a little bit like that, and I'm sure everyone will go, yeah, but what about this place and that place and the other? I think it's that's probably not good either. But the pendulum will swing, James. Always does. That's the nature of a pendulum. And right now, you know, if you're going to give me something, is it cream, is it brown, then I'm into it. Have we talked about that on here? Did we talk about it when we were drunk? No, no. <laughs> Can we talk about Because yeah, it sounds dirty, but it genuinely isn't dirty. And I don't even think we find it funny because it sounds dirty. It's just it's a funny phrase. It does sound grim. We were, talk- <laughs> we were talking about some dessert that was... Had- like whipped cream on top and then demerara sugar. Yeah. Was it just like I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what it was. But it was it was cream and demerara Not sugar. Not demerara, like just brown sugar. Yeah. But um you know, soft brown. Yeah. <laughs> we were just like, oh yeah, and, you know how that sugar really, really browns the cream. <laughs> And then went on to have this long conversation about that should be the new expression for, like, when you're really killing it, you're really doing a great job, just really browning the cream. But I think, and actually, in the current climate, you know, you could say, like, a meal is just really browning the cream. Yeah. They're browning the hell out of that cream. So if you can, listeners, if you can all sort of make this trend and any time you tweet or Instagram ticky off, yeah. just use hashtag browning the cream, yeah. then... And, and anyway, you know, feel free to nominate people that you think this year, 2019, have really browned the cream for you. Because you can brown the cream in different ways. Yeah. You know, imagine you've got a really nice milkman. <laughs> you don't want your milkman browning the cream. It's the last thing you want. But also, because we're doing the Ticky Off Awards, yeah. um, there will be a listener's award. Yeah. We don't know what for, but there will be some sort of award. Yeah. Brownest cream, maybe. Yeah. Just... Or, or send in, email us in some pictures of some times you've browned the cream. Like maybe you made an amazing model of a cathedral out of matchsticks. Yeah. That's pure cream browning right there. Send it in. Leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> like us on iTunes. Um, anyway, James, who have we got coming up on the uh, Coming up, we've got Sophie Michelle. This makes us look awful as well. You're drinking whiskey and I'm drinking uh, uh, Black Magic Black Spice <laughs> Rum. Rum sold from a minute. Before our guest turns up. Yeah. But actually we're but recording But I'm getting this. ill. Yeah. And we're recording this after uh, we've already done the pod with Sophie. Also, there's no way you can... 
There's no way drink whiskey stops you getting ill, but it's an excuse to have a whiskey. That's and I true. don't really drink whiskey very often. Sorry, introduce so, our sorry. Guest. So we've got Sophie Michelle. Um, Sophie uh, has been in, in cooking and in restaurants for many years um, and has recently been appointed... Um, I can't remember her title, but basically she's running the menu at Byron now. The beleaguered... As I think the word used on Eater was embattled Byron. Right. Um, so we're going to talk to her all about that. Coming up, Sophie Michelle. So we are we we just sort of dive into it without like doing an intro. So, um, uh, what are you just sort of chained to the work workstation? Chained to workstation. I was going to say stove, but that suddenly sounded like sort of Nigel Farage would say. Yeah. Um, now I'm actually chained. I've just had a baby. Oh right. So I had Congrats. a baby, and and I was interviewed for Byron job, and he was three weeks old. Oh my god. Um, so, so kind of. Um, yeah, I had a baby and then took on this director, uh, food and direct, drinking director role, which has been really exciting because very different wow. from from being operational, which is what I have been for the past kind of twenty odd years. Yeah, so. is that is that your exclusive? Yeah, because you've done so many is. like interesting things. Like maybe start at the beginning. Yeah. So what is the beginning? Yeah, I'm like to, I became a chef very young, basically, yeah. and I um, I left school early because. To be honest, I went to like twelve different schools, and I was just like, "This obviously isn't working." Right. So, um, so I and the one thing I wanted to do was go into kitchens and cook, and that was it, really. So I persuaded all my family to let me leave school early and just went into kitchens before I did my GCSEs. So oh, that's wow. kind of what I did, and that's kind of you know that was my kind of before GCSEs. And that was yeah. a persuasion. You had to persuade them to yeah. let them. They weren't happy about it at the time. Well, totally, because I think my mum's quite an ac- academic and. You know, the presumption was that I would go and do art or English or something like that, and um, and I just wanted to cook and eat and eat. Which actually, eating was probably a big driving force behind it. And uh, so I said I wanted to leave school early. And luckily, there was a law in Somerset where we were, but you could actually leave school before the age of fifty. It was fifty, yeah, fourteen. Specific miles. to Somerset. Yeah. So, and I lied about my age and got a job in a pub. Basically, that was great. Wow. <laughs> and what what was your first role there? What I think I was or? just. I mean, I just was one of the chefs out of many and just would kind of support, yeah, support the head chef there. I mean, it was a pub. It was a pub food, you know, but everything was made from scratch, so it was a good start. Is it still going, that pub? Do you ever go, do you Probably, go back? Probably, yeah. But Apple Tree in Somerset. I'm you haven't been Pilton. back to it? I haven't been back for years, right. no. I don't go back to Somerset at all anymore. But. And where did you go from there? Um, I, when I was 17, I moved to London to right. do, do a course. I think I went, I went to Dublin and my mum decided that I was going to be too far away from home. So she pulled me back, put me on a course in, in, um, in London at Butler's Wolf Chef School, which was an excellent chef school at the time. And it was near, was con- it kind of Conran-based, Butler's Wolf Chef School. Right. yeah. So I did my diploma there, got a sponsorship because it was quite expensive. It was like 10, 15K and... Um, and then did did you know did level three and then also did loads of competitions which which kind of got me out and about in the kind of industry a bit more right. and and actually funnily enough I still see the same people that I used to see there doing doing work in London so it's quite interesting. What sort of characters? Um, drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what sort of what sort of year was this? What was the era? You know, what was going on in London food world? Absolutely and, ages ago. So it was yeah. literally like twenty three years ago. Right. No, twenty twenty years ago. So that's that's usually like, a question you hate. Like, and what year was that? No, no, no. Yeah. no, no you want for the year, the era. The so era, era would be 20 years ago. Right. So fine dining was at its kind of 
prime, I suppose. So it was the era of Gary Rhodes, was at the Greenhouse uh, Restaurant. No, he was, he'd just left the Greenhouse Restaurant. I went to work at the Greenhouse Restaurant just after he'd left. Right. So it was very much the era of, of fine dining. And I feel like it was much more of a comp- competitive food scene. So whereas now I think chefs support each other quite a bit and we kind of work together, or at least on pop-ups and collaborations mm. and things like that, whereas there it was very much... You know, defined, you wouldn't, you wouldn't I think. find Gary and Nico Ladanis no. sort of doing a pop up no, together. No, basically, and it was the era yeah. of Nico and and John Christoph Novelli had his mission stars, and it was that sort of era. Yeah. I would think I was, you know, doing mousseline stuffed with black pudding and things like that. It yeah. was all that kind of That's before awesome. John Christoph, of course, started glazing stuff with Orangina. So, that is yes. right. simpler yes, times. I think harsh. he got. A, a, <laughs> I think he got a hashtag spawn. Oh and uh, and did a load of recipes that was using before we had to Salmon. hashtag spawn. But yes, of course. he did. And I remember, I remember trying that recipe. Santa Clay did yeah. a feature on it, and I remember trying it. And it was, was it not delicious? Good. Yeah, it was rank. <laughs> was there there was salmon? Was there salmon with orangina sauce? Or? Yeah, no, it was really bad. <laughs> wow. What's he up to now, Novelli? I've no before. idea. He's doing um, he's doing celebrity convict show with Aldo Zilli, and they're being chased. <laughs> I once interviewed him at the Molten Food Festival back in my sort of more journalisty days, and um, he was very talkative. And then, like our time ran over, and then ran over, and then literally at the door, there's um, Cyrus Toddywaller waiting for his slot because he was next up. Mm. And I, he almost started bullying me, Jean Christophe Novelli, that I was like doing the sort of wrap it up face nod nod wrap it up face fuck off mate face and uh, he was like yeah I know you want me to stop but I'm going to keep talking yeah but he, no, I can't say what I was just about to say but I think he was quite passionate about a few things at that time in life. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. maybe he really was excited very passionate about I just really want to see Zilli and Novelli together I'm going to show you combat. that social media <laughs> after we chat that's amazing. Like. The great escape. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, something like that. Escaped everyone's attention. Um, wow. So, because, you know, you're... you're a different uh, era. Basically. Yeah, but you're our age and it's like... But the whole... It's amazing how much of a shift leaving school that early. You know, in those years I was fucking around, you know, at school and then uni, not doing much. And in all that time, people like yourself who left school, and we had Stevie Powell on here a couple of weeks ago, mm. left school at 16. It's amazing what you fit in in yeah, seven exactly. years. That's proper... And I was ha- wasting my time. Yeah, doing, I mean, doing a proper job, no, learning, I was, learning I was, a skill and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was obsessed by it. And I was working 120 hours a week and everything like that at the greenhouse. Like, it was hardcore. Yeah. And I think it was really very good for me to do that in terms of learning... You know, perfect. What we would Michelin star perfection, precision. But it, but it soigné. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's what I'm passionate about now. And it was just interesting to do that. And it was very good training, I think, for a young chef. Yeah. And I got nominated for Young Chef Year Award, which was really great because I did meet some really interesting people because of the competitions. And these competitions still go on. Like, um, you know, Young Chef Year Award. I judge that now. It's really interesting. But the quality of stuff they do now is just off the charts. Yeah. So it still happens, and I think it's a good way for young chefs to get. You know, to get their craft out there a little bit and get known. Who awards that? Is that who's like the sponsor? It is, it is uh, Craft Guild of Chefs. Okay, right. Okay, and who's the latest? Um, who's I didn't judge last year because right. I was heavily pregnant. But um, okay, fair yeah, enough. so I wouldn't be able to tell you. But it's it's interesting, and they do such high quality stuff. Yeah, and I suppose those kitchens back then were the bad old days. 
Potentially, of or you know, how was that experience for you? Because obviously, kitchens are very different these so, days. Yeah, I get asked that question all the time, yeah. and and the answer is because I didn't know anything else, and I was so young, and that's all I knew in the working environment at the time. I wouldn't have thought for any of the kind of probably level quite extreme violence at time and extreme sexism, and so like I mean things like I saw people's arms be dislocated, and Whoa. you know people used to get hit quite a lot, and definitely as a kind of young female, I used to get pulled aside and kind of. Um, tried to kiss, be kissed and all that sort of stuff quite on various levels, I suppose. But it's, yeah, I, I just didn't understand it was abnormal. I think what I did from a sexism point of view, what I didn't like was the fact that as a woman, when I was doing well, my, my work got discredited because it was always, oh, well, you got it because you're a woman or you got it because you shagged so-and-so mm-hmm. or whatever else like that. That was just ridiculous sexism, which I found annoying <laughs> at the time because it devalued how hard I worked. Whereas obviously looking back at it now, it was obviously kind of quite a kind of aggressive environment but I w- it didn't really bother me because I didn't really consciously realise it was an aggressive environment I mean nowadays you, isn't it's that n- sort of that's, that's, that's how insidious all these awful. things are yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. even it's notice awful, really. you're being bullied because yeah. it's so, so in, um, not inherent but you know so institutionalised and I, and I think I, you know I was very lucky I, d- I did work very hard and I kind of didn't wasn't I didn't get bullied so much in the kitchen, but I saw quite a lot of it. Mm. And yeah, I'm I'm very glad it's not like that anymore because I think a lot of young chefs suffered quite badly when actually it was always in the name of some head chef's Michelin star, which I think is completely wrong. And I think it's not what food's about at all. Quite, you know, food's about eating and making people happy and and having that lovely energy around it. So I think it was the opposite of what it should be, and I think it is much better now. Yeah, if you're sort of if you're kissing and you're dislocating bones because you're leathered and you've had a great meal and it's like lunch has yeah, got better control, <laughs> that's okay. fall over. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't have to, that. Shouldn't have to happen back a house first. No, Are I you, don't agree. With is it, this yeah. what you're aiming for after our dinner tonight? Yeah, I, I mean, really? if, I if I haven't got any dislocated limbs and uh, I haven't kissed you, then you'd be just dis- be a letdown. Been a crap yeah. night, basically. Absolutely, yeah. We're off to try, uh, probably one time Young Chef of the Year, Tom Booton's new menu at the Dorchester Grill. Ah, yes. Um, so, young Tom, who I haven't met, but he used to cook a lot with um, our mate Joey, who is a chef at Pigeon. Yeah. Um, and they cook together at uh, Alan Williams at the Westbury most recently. So, we're going to go and see what Tom's up to. Yeah, no, very exciting role. Yeah. Because you, cause you've done, I mean, you've done everything, really. You've done the hotel restaurant yeah, for a long yeah. long time and I did chat to the Dorchester about that role as well because it's okay, quite an interesting yeah. it's an interesting kind of place and and they wanted completely new I think you know have a new new energy in into Dorchester which I think is great I can't wait to see what kind of food he's done actually it's gonna be really exciting um but um yeah no I've done hotels which were which which were a completely different setup from restaurants I think it's really creatively it's really exciting because you can look at the whole journey the customer gets from morning to noon mm. to night which is actually really creative but then there's the other side of things which is actually three o'clock in the morning room service issues are not something that any chef wants to hear about um and things like that and have um, you done, you've done those shifts? You've I, been in there? I have, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I, mean, I was executive chef at Belgrave's Hotel, um, which was amazing, and it was my, young, it was my first executive chef role. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just really actually very interesting and exciting for me because it was great. It's a great venue, um, Belgrave's Hotel. But, yeah, you have, to do, you have to do 24 hours to really work out how the kitchen's running when you're not there. And, uh, and it's, yeah, night chefs are a whole new exciting side of chefing but you never want to do Wait, just, just describe describe your sort of stereotypical night chef well you can just there's just um you've got to be pretty eccentric to want to work overnight to be fair and there was you know there's everything from 
from things get stolen a lot at night in hotels and then also there's also quite you know it's a time when you're not there to observe so if there's ever going to be a fight or an issue or drama it's generally a night and a lot of those chefs um, very passionate about their cooking in the way that Jean-Christophe Novelli for example is very passionate I don't uh, possibly yeah. yeah possibly possibly Probably that might helps. be a bit of a key you need that passion to, yes. <laughs> to work through the you night you do yeah yeah fair but, play. It, but it was it was quite exciting it's quite interesting and I do love hotels so I kind of love travelling everyone loves hotels but I'm really intrigued about hotels and, and how you can make that kind of time special for people when they visit so what's your take on the club sandwich like a club sandwiches do my head in basically because how do you I really think really simple classic but very good ingredients so I've tried doing them with everything from sourdough bread to mm. but you kind of need the slightly shitty bread to, to hold it all together and get it all mm. in your mouth it's, it's, a, it's a complex question What's your take on club sandwich? Well, it's just that that's sort of the move. Which, I mean, I have to say this every time we talk about hotels, the move in a hotel is you walk in, take off all of your clothes and order a, have club, a club sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Else you haven't really stayed and in the hotel. And chicken noodle soup. I used to do that. It used to be my oh, routine. Right. So if it was a chicken noodle soup and a club sandwich on a menu, that's how I would judge the place I was staying in. Right. But then nowadays people try and do like, and I, I have tried to do it, so you've got different sourdough or rye base, and it doesn't really work as much. I quite like one just a good quality, simple club sandwich. I think the best the best holiday I've ever had was just after we had a three month old child and a six month old um, magpie nightmare and we God, this is so sport went to Sri Lanka for two weeks and didn't go anywhere but barely left the hotel and ate delicious Sri Lankan food in the evening but I just loved the like just the of at lunchtime just having a fucking club sandwich or a burger or like yeah I know we're in the most beautiful yeah. island in the world no, but I'm having a club it. sandwich yeah. we went we went to Barbados two weeks ago which was a part kind of work thing part break and we didn't actually mo- we just had room service for the first two whole days which is something I've never done normally it's straight out to try what we can and I was just like no I'm too exhausted room service is it it was brilliant yeah they are sort of strange they're like airport terminals really hotels they're sort of timeless you can yeah, sort of operate like, within your you own. You were saying the other day about how awful it is, you know, breakfast in bed, eating in bed is weird. Yeah. I felt like the other day my wife was eating soup in bed. In the middle <laughs> that of is, that's really I challenging. That was strange. <laughs> um, how big was that soup? It was a pretty big soup, yeah. yeah. Big yeah. soup. Only do big soups. Um, but, but yeah, probably in a hotel room is the only other place you'd sort of happily eat in a bed. Yeah, chips and ketchup in a bed. What I found is we were sitting eating, like, deep-fried tempura shrimps and chips and ketchup in bed the other day, and that was quite... Yeah, still, no. On the morning after our wedding, woke up with my wife, um, as you'd expect, and obviously (laughs) feeling quite hungover, (laughs) and sort of looked at the breakfast menu, and I sort of trying to, like a scene in um, Arrested Development, Joe reads the menu to Liza Minnelli, I was trying to read the breakfast menu very sexily to her. (laughs) Smoked salmon with scrambled eggs, and she was just like, Oh no! Everything I read was like no, and I just thought oh, she really is feeling pretty bad this morning. And I was just to pause you and I, I'll just have the full English. <laughs> thought eating beds weird, but I probably married the right person there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Byron, <clears throat> that's um. An amazing opportunity at a difficult time for a huge business. Yeah, I think it's a random. I think people have, have seen it as being quite a random choice for me. Um, I think for you or for Byron. F- 
for, for me, I hope. Right. <laughs> Hopefully it makes sense. But also, sense like, coming from, you know, like more high-end background, it could also be, you know, a, 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 not a random move for Byron, but an interesting tack. I think for them, it's it's about kind of them understanding that the actually quality of the food is what's going to make the brand more successful, you know, and bring it back up. Because there's thousands of things you can do, but if the food product isn't right, mm. that's kind of a problem, isn't it? So, so hopefully from that side of things, I am... Um, I've always been obsessed by burgers and always had great burgers on all the menus, so it's always something that I... And I've done food trucks, like, mm. for Winterville with JD and all that sort of stuff. So so it's something which kind of was quite natural for me, and I was quite, I'm quite into, you know, like anything, it's fast food, but if you do it really well and you do it with really good produce, it's gonna, you're going to make a much better product. And then last year, I was at Home House, but actually I got quite... I had a heart, heart condition I was diagnosed with when I was pregnant. Right. So I just had to reevaluate how much operational work I could do and I was still doing kind of 60 70 hours 60 hours Christ, a week probably yeah. last week when I, last year when I was about seven months pregnant so I just kind of when Byron approached me I kind of just went from thinking mm, it seems a bit crazy to actually this is a great idea but the thing that really got me about it is actually the new owners and the new management and the, and the plans for the company because you know, often with big businesses, whether it's hotels or, or kind of, and sometimes it can be quite senior and quite daunting and sometimes it, you just want a bit more understanding, whereas the new owners of Byron are actually kind of really young and really vibrant and really actually interested on, in taking the brand to a really exciting place. It's not just about mm. the investment and the money, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's quite exciting and we're rebranding it, so we've got the new logo's gone out. Is um, that the Round the Table logo? Yeah, yeah. Which I think some people have said it's a bit silly, but some people have really liked it. And actually, the more we look at it, because we're quite used to it now, the more it makes sense. Mm. And actually, I'm quite behind it. Um, I I think it, we're going with a kind of more modern vibe, and I think that works. And actually, the sites need updating. So the, 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 we're rolling out uh, the whole of the state's going to be refurbed, basically, in the next two right. years. So we've got a lot So how many sites at the moment? 53 are? sites. Right. And how is that going... Because obviously somebody who's you know, worked in <coughs> higher-end restaurants, etc., but sort of separate from the fact that it's a burger place, but there is a sort of perception, I guess, that where these bigger groups, chains or whatever, are, are struggling in the current thing, and there's mm. a bit of a sort of stick-the-boot-in thing, and, and it's on paper, it's not a cool thing to go and do, to mm. go and do Byron, and I'm not saying that people yeah. make their you know, work decisions based on something that's cool, but that must have crossed your mind. If I'm going to go and work for this kind of corporate thing that's struggling, yeah. that must be... T- totally, and it, and it did cross my mind. It was only when I met the new owners that I thought, actually, this is not just about... The, the, it's not just about the figures on the paper, it's actually about taking this brand. And I think what... I haven't done any press around Byron yet, particularly, um, because I just wanted to focus on seeing what issues there were and what I could fix and we, we've done loads of stuff back of house and I'm so getting... is this sort of an exclusive really isn't it it is yeah Fantastic. an exclusive interview <laughs> I'm on Sunday brunch on Sunday so oh. you've got it by, by a few days oh, they'll get yeah, there their, their reach is, is nowhere near us um... <laughs> but um, it absolutely was something that I thought twice about in that respect but the other side of things is our, our press they love kicking people and we love you know everyone's loved it that Jamie Oliver's gone down totally, it's yeah. like oh fantastic what we're forgetting is Byron and Jamie provided thousands of jobs for people mm. so Byron provides two or three thousand jobs for people and all Byron is trying to do is be a successful British company and make a food and have a and, happy time it's not a, it's not trying to do anything mm. bad yeah and, and you know? Byron and Jamie is 
two examples which were considered very cool yeah, until they absolutely. obviously reached this level of absolutely. perceived success and then at that point and the it, British thing is you can... It's a tall poppy syndrome yeah, and sure. it's bullshit because actually as an economy we need to stop be- celebrating and, and being really bitchy about people who fail and stop and stop being bitchy about people who are just trying to succeed because it's we need our British companies to succeed again mm. and we need to have a bit of economy going and actually it's not great for loads of thousands of people lose their jobs constantly and Brexit's not helping the situation and actually we shouldn't be putting the boot into people who are just trying to make a success which is what we are trying to do you know there's not a tipping point version is there of like the moment where it's like small indie business one's like oh they're doing so well that's great they're expanding to two. Go them. Yeah. Three. Wow, that's fantastic. Four. Fucking corporate sellouts. Yeah. You know, what's the moment when suddenly the public or the cool public turns on you? But I suppose, but, I mean, I don't know what that point is, but the, that tipping point. But there is and has been with all of these places where the quality does by most measures drop from where people and some of that's perception totally. uh, but some of that is fact you know mm. you have a certain yeah. supplier can supply this much beef say and i don't know if byron's yeah. had a problem with that that's not what, you know i'm not fishing for details but mm. they have enough beef to service these five restaurants mm. but when you're at 50 you need a different beef supplier and that beef supplier potentially yeah. isn't your homely the one that you started with the one that you grew with and all the rest and i think that there are there are quality problems when you get that big you know yeah and there's totally like absolutely there is and there can be and i think that's something that byron will have suffered from but i think you know byron's problem was it expanded very quickly and it expanded into places that it couldn't keep up with it's more to do with property that byron got involved mm. in uh and and management decisions maybe weren't quite right and a few, you know, a few bad decisions along the way. But um, we have, we've gone back to the same supplier they started with, which is Select Meats, right. which is Turner and George. You know, yeah. so they're fantastic. They they do Meatopia and they're really top suppliers. They're suppliers I've used for 10 years. Um, and, and I think, you know, obviously when companies go for a CVA, they do look at the kind of costings of everything. But I can safely say now, with something which produces one of my biggest passions and safely say now but we're we're definitely everything is of a kind of going going back to the quality it should be and is the quality it should be but they'd already started that before i got there so i'm not going to take credit for that mm. really i think what i'm looking at now is looking at sustainability and and a bit real bigger picture stuff hopefully that i can so what was your bit. start what you know when you took on the role what was your starting point for for when it came to looking at the menu and how you were going to move it forward well, immediately they asked me to do two new vegan burgers, so um, I just kind of got 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 into that. I've never actually developed a vegan burger, but we 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 did that, and they're selling quite well. Um, but then I just wanted to look at the menu as a whole. Like I said, it, it can't be changed overnight. So, mm. like, we're very used to being able to look at a menu and looking what's in season in the next couple of weeks and changing menus very quickly. Yeah. Uh, literally, when you've got a, a site site volume that we have, you it takes. The ideal timeline is six months ahead. So I'm currently working on February and April at the moment. But um, you also can't change a whole menu in one go because you're talking about training hundreds of chefs. And and so so it's a gradual change. So what I really wanted to look at was the core items because there's no point in putting fancy fancy burgers on unless the core core structures there yeah. so I looked at the seasoning cooking technique of the burgers the temperature and time they cook the chicken we've just done a new flour mix for chicken and it was always core items that I've been fixing and then we added a couple of specials on in October and then we're changing it in February and we've got Christmas on this week as well so. yeah but I suppose that must be the excitement of a role like that is crikey you know if you can turn the oil tanker around then 
that's a hell of an achievement something like that you know if yeah. if it could get it back to where it was or you know from further ahead from where it was yeah absolutely like i find i do find it an interesting project i think belgraves was the same but had had uh, had had not had a great start i mean you know, we, we turned back around a bit, and I think there is something quite satisfying about being able to... I mean, God willing, we will be able to turn Byron around, and, and it, we're, we're seeing green shoots, and it is going in the right direction, and obviously, you know, with the new um, new refurbs and everything, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be brilliant. We're launching brunch menu on Monday, so that's a whole new step for Byron, and that's new opening hours and new menus entirely. But, yeah, we just I just started off by fixing the core items, and we go from there, but it... it it is already very satisfying to see the kind of changes. It's just, it's really, it's it, the things that I find most interesting is when you change, um, you know, chi- tiny details have such a big impact when you've got so many sites. So. What sort of thing? Well, for example, I just improved the bun recipe. So we got a stronger gluten in it and slightly more malt in it. And the impact was half a pence per bun. That translates into £80,000 a year. So it's just really interesting when you're looking at volume and stuff. Um, well, it costs another half a penny per... Bun. Right. But that has an impact of 80k a year. Across all sites. Yeah. So it's just quite interesting, because in normal, you'd be like, oh, half a penny, that's fine, that doesn't yeah. matter. But obviously, small changes have big impacts when you've got so many sites. From a chef point of view, yeah. that's quite intriguing yeah. to kind of look at. And uh, you, you can't add five pence on each burger. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you, you should you, mention that though to the you know that's uh, <laughs> it's one way of covering that cost and maybe uh, recouping a little extra on the side. Um, I don't charge you, for that sort you, of thing. Are you sick of burgers yet? No, because I really like eating them, which is really bad. And I have to say, I lost my baby weight, and when I've actually put it all back on again, but um, I don't mind about that though, because if I work for a burger company, I think it's fair enough. And actually. It's been, we've done loads of different things. So we, we do taste a lot of burgers. But we've also done, like, a secret seasoning mix to put on the fries. So we had to try, like, 60 different types of salt and the seasoning mixes <laughs> that we were playing with. And we've just done, like, 30-odd different desserts we've been messing around with. And Crikey. It's just really... It's quite fun. It yeah. is quite exciting. No, I mean, it's mainly asking, because obviously we opened this sandwich shop and uh, somebody asked me, oh, are you sick of sandwiches yet? And I'm like, no. Because no, how can you get sick of a sandwich or a yeah. burger? You don't. Yeah. It's a food you want to eat all the time. Yeah. Uh, bar and aside, what's your go-to burger? Oh, I do like Bleecker. I do go to Bleecker. Never had a Bleecker. Still haven't had a Bleecker. Oh, guys. Too much. Shamefully. I should have bought you some burgers from Byron, really, shouldn't you I? You should. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> so hungry now. Great snack. Am yeah. I a fish pie for lunch? <laughs> um, before the Dorchester. Oh, I'm, yeah. No, I haven't had a Byron for a while, but my I always enjoyed a Byron back in the day. I remember when it was... I was that I was that annoying dick on Twitter, like circa 2010, probably going, "What is the big deal? It's just a burger." Um, and then Ollie Thring saying, "Do you want to let's go for a Byron then?" So I met him at the Dean St- uh, Wardour Street Byron, and uh, who was there on the floor that day? But Tom Bing, founder, mm. and he just came home and was like, it's "Just a burger then, is it?" Oh, yeah. did he? And I was like, "Yeah, it's really nice though, mate." He was like. To be honest, I completely agree with you. It's just a burger. Because it was, of course, that was when the burger thing started. Yeah. Byron was the kind of leading light. And people were going apeshit for it. They but, absolutely loved it. You know, don't forget, we, in England, we, our burgers were Mac, Mackey D's, weren't they, for years? Yeah. So to come and have a proper, beautiful cut meat burger and a fresh bun, I mean, it, burgers are iconic. They mean things to people because it's memories and it's, it's that kind of connotations of movies and, mm. and being kids and wanting treat. It's got so much going on attached to a burger, really. Have you read The Rum Diaries, Hunter S. Thompson? No, I haven't, In actually. my head, the sort of 
quintessential burger is the the burgers he eats. Um, he he like goes and has four burgers and like and just rum on ice. And in my head, that was always like the best dinner. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm quite tempted at this stage to be not knock the old dong, <laughs> knock it on the head, and knock Dorchester uh, on the head, Dorchester on the head, and just go and have a burger and drink rum. I'm really, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in my vibe actually. Rum's a good drink. Yeah, but I, I, I sort of feel the same about burgers. I do pizza in terms of beer is not the right combo because it's too you're bloating up. You need either wine or some hard liquor. I think bourbon's a great, yeah. great. We're, we're doing a. I went to Kentucky to see a Bullet um, Bourbon Distillery. That must have been a tough trip. It was actually brilliant. It was so brilliant, and um, we did drink a lot of bourbon. And I didn't have any bad hangovers and stuff because it's it's well made, and they've got the world's first um, sustainable distillery. So they're really kind of forward thinking on those right. terms. So we were doing some pairings with that and working with Bullet, and I cook with it as well. I've done a barbecue sauce with it. Nice. So it's beautiful. Glad you mentioned Bullet because it gives me an opportunity to mention. Our miso milk nog uh, now on sale at Sons and Daughters. Nice. Which is uh, <laughs> we never do that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put an advert up. For you're, you're getting more commercial because you're near a kind of corporate burger That's person. That's it. Sort of, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's soaking it in. Uh, just miso milk, a uh, little Christmas spiced uh, syrup, and a really generous slug of bullet bourbon, shaken, not stirred, and poured over ice. No, it's not poured over ice. Shaken with ice, but poured straight up. Delicious. That's like a Marks and Spencer advert of, yeah. of milkshakes, yeah. basically. And also, and also now it's probably going to end up at Byron. Yeah. No, no it, like in six months' time, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I can't change it next quickly. Next Christmas, next Christmas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would really... They'd be like, Byron's gone nuts. They're putting a Christmas cocktail on in June. Yeah. Jeremy, I'm looking you, at CBD drinks and stuff like that, but it's oh, not been right. approved by the SV... Because, you know, why... You know, Essentially, Byron's got a history of actually working with quite nice artisan brands like mm. Dalston Soda when they were quite small. And Brooklyn Lager was the first, I believe Byron was the first place you could get a Brooklyn. Yeah, but yes, it probably was actually. Yeah. They're great. I like Brooklyn. Oh, delicious. Um, but yeah, CBD is probably a step too far. It's not been. It's not actually passed F- FSA approval yet. I don't is it not? Think. It's no. coming though, isn't it? It's definitely coming down yeah. the pike. Can't wait for Vice to write another article about. Oh. Here, is it the burger restaurant doing cannabis? Grow up. <laughs> Everyone's over it already. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. Getting a Holland and Barrett report of it. And what's the what's the? I mean, moving into brunch in a burger place that sort of feels slightly like the spot that we're in. You know, ah, oh, sandwiches at dinner, definitely. Um, you know, brunch in a burger place. You can think it. You can you can say and, and like sandwiches for dinner. You think about New York, amazing New York delis. Sandwiches it, yeah. for dinner are a thing, yeah. right? So there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, <laughs> but um, come on, London, wake up! <laughs> yeah, we yeah, just got to get with it. I think going with the Americana type theme, which America's always really inspired me, always will inspire me, and and. You know, brunch is a big American institution, which I remember 10 years ago wasn't over here at all, really. Um, and we did some at Belgrave. So it's it's just, to me, it's a natural progression of how we can change. But, you know, the hardest part of my job is how we can take a well-known, kind of partly loved, um, but still well-known brand, and then move it into being a new brand without losing its identity. And brunch is one of those angles, because, you know, I'm not going to come in there and start putting kind of seafood and, and whatever else on the menu. It's got to be a kind of natural progression so brunch was that really so, and actually it really translates well the, the Americana vibe to brunch yeah. so we've got some killer um, tres leches soaked French toast with kind of coconut cream and lime curd and then we've got chicken cornflake crusted chicken and waffles and 
What else? Mm. Tostadas. Lime curd on that, because we've got a sort of Brazilian toast, which is not dissimilar, soaked in condensed milk. Yeah, that's what gets kind of what we're doing I as well. I like the addition yeah. of lime curd. Sam, write that down. Yeah. And a bit of dodgy leisure. We can leisure. move yeah. quicker than these jokes. <laughs> 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 you have it on before Monday. Yeah. Hers is half a, <laughs> Sophie's is half a penny too expensive, so yeah. she needs to recost. Um, so, yeah, it was natural progression for us, I think. We'll come. Where's the nearest Byron? I hope, isn't it? Is everyone, is everyone like, like furious with you, you the, the staff? Like, oh, for fuck's sake, now I've got to get up every morning and make eggs. Oh, yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure, very well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I have to... I think, you know, they're, they're, they're really excited, actually. They have got an amazing team and amazing staff at yeah, Byron. We, we, I mean, we had um, somebody came and worked at Pigeon who'd been at Byron yeah. and just had absolutely loved being at Byron and went back to Byron having not liked working Sorry. with us. <laughs> Who yeah. was that? It was um, Megan. Did she go back to Byron? She went back to Byron. I feel we also had someone at Magpie who'd worked at Byron. Mary Louise? No. Anyway, someone. Yeah, it's got a good working culture, and obviously I'm, I'm well aware of what happened with the immigrants, and that comes up often whenever I talk about being at Byron. Yeah. Um, and I can say that the mistakes were made, and I think the biggest thing was that they didn't just talk about it mm. and say, yeah, we've done this. It's a lot of different brands at the time in, in London had to go through the same experience with the Home Office, and I think it was handled badly for sure. But as a whole, Byron's a really good company to work with, and they were put in a situation which was pretty mm. impossible by, by our government at the time. So, yeah, I think we've got some great team. We've got some very loyal team members, and they're just excited because they actually just want to see Byron be popular again and be kind of you know, happy, go back into happier days. So they're all really well, it's all well received, really. Do you, uh, given you've got 53 sites, do you, did you have to do a sort of little video that all the teams across the country could watch? Like, hi, I'm Sophie, I'm the new... No, I'm going to visit all of them. So... I've In the cl- meantime, though. Yeah. Huh? So I did, I met all the head chefs and all the GMs before I started. Um, there was a big conference we had all together, and then I've met most of the head chefs so far. I'm doing visits all sites. I've probably visited about 20 sites. I've probably got about 35 left. But, yeah, I do all the training, so I actually do all the training with them, and then we cascade okay. it down and everything. I'm trying to be... Cascade, nice. Yeah, it's quite hard, because obviously I'm quite used to standing in the kitchen mm. over people and seeing what's going on, so that side is is kind of... I, I was worried about it at the start, but actually the way we've got it is all quite settled and goes quite well. Because sh- uh, I was going to segue the corporate video for the teams because the first time I encountered you was on Market Kitchen, on my telly box. Back yeah, that was When I was a student ago. and you were working and I would just, you know, sit down in the evening with a can TV. of Fosters, watch Market <laughs> Kitchen. That, that was, was great. That was a great programme. It was. It was really good. And it was Tom, Tom Pogavoles and um, Matthew Fort. You're our third Market Kitchen person of the year, Tom. And then Ben Tish was on it a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Ben's yeah. great. Did yeah, you enjoy no, doing that? I did. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was just a quite interesting. It was interesting. The hosts were great and really interesting, and you just do really kind of intriguing. Like I did loads of VTs and travelled around everywhere mm. with them, so it's cool. We should do. A sh- we should have it. Oh, we do. Don't we? It's out of the kitchen, isn't it? But I was going to say we should do another show like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the kitchen. Wasn't is, is, is that is that a magazine? I suppose it is magazine-y, but yeah. Market Kitchen was a bit more sort of. I don't know. Very. It, it was a lovely show. Yeah. Very gentle. Um, and Because didn't you do Cook Yourself Thin as well with Gizzy? Yeah, Gizzy and, and I did it. Yeah. And, like, she would kill me if I ever reposted any of the photos from that era, but they were hilarious. And we don't... Like, we look completely different now. How did that come about? <laughs> we, we were just pulled together... 
by by Tiger Aspect, the TV company. But actually, I'd met Gizzy before, and I met a couple of the girls before. Mm. And I suppose their thing was they wanted to do a kind of cross Sex in the City cross food show type thing. But it was hilarious. It was hilarious to film, and it was um, that was a hilarious show, and it did really well. Mm. So, did so did lots, did lots sort of spring from that, or yeah, was it just I mean, sort of move on? No, and- you know what I buggered off to Beirut and did restaurant consultancy lived in Beirut for a year not long after which probably career wise maybe wasn't like such a good thing but I went over there to do some private cooking for a a client out there and um, just like absolutely fell in love with it because it's such a kind of romantic interesting place and the food's so amazing and at that time the creativity was coming up, the architecture and design, because they're rebuilding rebuilding the city after such turbulent times. I just absolutely fell in love with it and, and decided to move there the first day I went there and then did and lived there for a year. So um, so I took myself out of the equation a little bit and then, then came back after about a year and a half and, and, and did a bit more books and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's all just... I just liked it. I thought it was interesting, so... How did uh, how did that come about then? Being in Beirut, that seems like yeah, that's a, a yeah, sort it's totally of a random. Left turn. Yeah, totally random. Yeah. I just um, I just yeah, just for some reason decided to do it. But if you if you if you've been to Beirut at that period in time, it was the most exciting period it's had probably for about twenty years. It was quite stable, and it was all just about this fantastic kind of creativity happening. And it's a, it is a stunning place. So I learned a lot as well about you know ingredients over there and everything. And did, did restaurant consultancy. I can imagine. That the sort of um, client you might have somewhere like Beirut could be quite exacting, and uh, I'm I'm just picturing like a very wealthy, <laughs> a very wealthy. You know, private chefing is almost by definition you're you're cooking for someone with quite a lot of lucre, and often the sort of person who hires a, a private chef can be. So we had Lisa Markwell on here yeah. a while ago, and she just like yeah. Private chefing thing. The problem is most people who hire a private chef aren't the sort of people you want to work for. No, you know what? It's he didn't. He wanted me to go and teach his chefs how to do healthy Italian food, and and I do. I did used to do quite a lot of Italian food and stuff. So that's what I did. And then he was the CEO of a big company which did all the cons- all the development work in Beirut. So they were launching loads of restaurants. I think Yannick and Leno was there, and um, the Moro chat was there it was just really interesting mm. consultants coming over asked me to oh, consult sure. on a few on a, some small operation and stuff out there um and it was kind of, it was hariri government owned so yeah i mean private chefing i like private chefing i mean but you do have to kind of you know it's your very close proximity mm. to the clients so I, I when i started working for claudia schieffer i went in there thinking that i was she was going to want kind of really kind of microbiotic really kind of weird and wonderful food and actually she was first day she was just like no I don't want any of this I just want roast chicken and cottage pie and stuff so it's sometimes nice. it's yeah but I've always been quite lucky I, f- I feel I remember like a brief coming through do I know anyone who might be able to cook for Donatella Versace during fashion week and the you didn't put me forward for that right? that's uh, brilliant I did, but yeah. you were not no, I, don't, I can't remember who I, I don't I might have put Tess Ward forward I can't remember but literally the list of demands were just like I mean sort of as ludicrous as you'd imagine. And I think there was also potentially, allegedly, whatever, don't quote me on this, like, <laughs> you know, her dog needs providing for two and it's celiac or whatever it was. Oh it was God, just like, no, this is, the you know, there is no, there's not enough money in the world to, like, make that worth it. You have it. to have a lot of patience. But, but it was all for, I mean, the most common thing is, you know, dinner's going to be served at half seven and then at quarter past seven they go, well, actually, we've got three times more people. That's the kind of thing would happen mm. all the time when you're a private chef mm. and you just think, actually... 
you can do it for a year or so before you just go actually I don't give a fuck what you want to eat <laughs> I'm going basically <laughs> and so when you're not eating burgers where do you go and eat <laughs> nowhere because I'm with home with a baby oh. no we do um, we go to we I seafood always so Wright's Wright Brothers seafood is mm. close to me and any sort of seafood I can get really because I think that's a bit of a balance from the burgers for me and I do love cooking fish and eating fish so there's so many places at the moment I want to go to really what's on the list floor other than pigeon of course yeah, yeah. pigeon uh, yeah. I, don't, I haven't been yet I don't think not to I my knowledge no, you'd I remember haven't. it it's very memorable yeah, very. hugely memorable no 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 I mean right. I know it is but I just I keep meaning to come and I haven't so I'm sorry about that well, that's a lot but of, actually yeah. to be honest with you I don't really get out much and that's mm. a big thing unless we go to kind of work related events where I kind of feel like I should go to them I don't get out that much really your partner's like, like fucking hell we're at Byron again <laughs> he just gets pissed <laughs> off of eating out basically with me but. well I could I thoroughly recommend Floor anyway yeah I really want to go to it yeah don't listen to Jay Rayner or his podcast it's rubbish <laughs> stop going to war with Jay Rayner I would like to say at this point, Jay, if you're listening, anything on Twitter where anybody on the Tiki Off account's winding you up has got nothing to do with me. Uh, my wife thinks you're a beautiful man. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this. Are you doing the quick fire? Can do, yeah. 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 Uh, so we do two quizzes, if that's right. Mm-hmm. So the first one is overrated or underrated or correctly rated. Okay. Beans and pulses. Overrated. Yeah? Yeah. Are you whipping them into any of your vegan burgers? No, I've, I, I, well, we have got, I've got lentils on a salad currently, but I'm personally not a fan of beans sometimes. They're really awful. Oh. I've just taken a bean burger off the menu, actually. Okay. Yeah, bean burger is not the word you ever want to hear. Apart from the old Burger King bean burger when I was a kid was absolutely delicious. It? It's one of the nicest things you could buy in a fast food place, but they took it off. Right. It was lush. Yeah. No. So what's in the vegan burger? It's, we've got Beyond Meat, actually. Right. And also we've got a beetroot falafel one, which has got chickpeas in. Right. But generally, it's not your go-to. Fair enough. Uh, we sort of covered that for TV. Uh, board games, overrated, underrated, or correctly rated? Overrated. Yeah? I'm f- really shit at board games. Don't ever kick back with some no, Play-Doh? No, I get really frustrated by them and just get pissed off with them and just don't mm. want to do it. And I'm like, Puff, that's it. Did you play them when you were a kid? I don't think so. I don't think my mum ever did it, so I've obviously just got an aversion to him. I also feel like I can never remember the rules, I and mean, then it gets me really flustered, and I get and I just get frustrated by them. So I'm shit at board games, basically, and card games too. Oh right, the whole terrible parlour yeah. affair. My son uh, taught himself to do a magic trick the other day with he's seven with a, a thing of cards, and you pick a card from anywhere, and then he finds your card, and I don't know how he did it. But my dad was watching, and my dad was like, "Do it again." And he did it. He's like, yeah, I'll work that out. He wasn't saying it in a mean way, but he just really wanted to know how he did it because he was impressed the first time he did it. Very That's strange. Uh, overrated, underrated, correctly rated cheese in burgers. I know, I like cheese in burgers. Yeah? Would yeah. that be your go-to would be a cheeseburger as yeah, opposed to Yeah, it a... would actually, yeah. Uh, d- debating, like, which cheese vote, because I actually uh, quite like Ogleshield because yeah. mm. it is actually really good. I quite like a strong cheese in an aged beef burger. Um, but American cheese also always has its place. We we have our own cheese patty that we make at Byron, which I've put on the Byron Classic Burger, um, which is a kind of mixture of three different cheeses, and then it's kind of got... A, a Fred Smith made it, the old chef there. Right. 
So it's got its kind of special melting consistency, but actually has a stronger cheesy taste. So. But yeah. it's like a sl- like a slappy cheese, yeah. American cheese. <coughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, and the final overrated, underrated, or correctly rated: the ability to fly. That would be amazing. So That's underrated. Underrated, basically. But yeah. I'm sure everyone does actually rate the ability to fly quite heavily. So it's probably not underrated. Probably correctly rated. Yeah, correctly rated. Do you, you think, think you think it's overrated? Don't I you think it's overrated. Why is that? Because I think well, people haven't thought it through. <laughs> Right. I'd be really impressed if you could fly. I yeah, you'd be impressed, but for me, flying, you'd be freezing cold. You'd always have to be well, dressed up. up. Yeah, yeah, but you'd always have to. It would basically be like riding a motorbike. Not in the summer. Be fine. Lovely. But you no, would wear the, something. The wind, you would wear the wind protective in your eyes, gear, your eyes wouldn't with water. you? Wear goggles. I saw a video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but see, you saw what you haven't thought through. One of the reasons I've thought through. Just said why motorbikes are overrated because there's too much kit you have to wear. Mm. And That's- People haven't thought about this. It's like, oh, it'd be brilliant. Your eyes would water. I went on a scooter once in yeah. Greece and I couldn't and you, see anything. Yeah, true. You get like, hit by birds. How do people ride these things? And actually, rain in our country would make it quite prohibitive. Yeah, there's always the risk of bird strike, but um, yeah. you'd figure it out. Take oh, it. All right. <laughs> I'm going to stick by that. Uh, okay, and the second part of the quiz the quick fire. So, your first answer, and you're welcome to expand. Mm-hmm. But the first answer that comes mm-hmm. into your head uh, What's the worst pizza? Like, varietal, not uh, oh, chain. Actually, I think. I think kind of goat's cheesy vegetable ones. Right. Not into that, really. I just want kind of good old mozzarella and tomato sauce and a bit of chilli. James? What's capriccioso? Is that the one with artichokes and capers and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, I like artichokes, like capers. Don't like either of them on a pizza. No. <laughs> right, you? Uh, a barbecue chicken isn't great. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. barbecue chicken. <laughs> Sweet uh, corner. I mean, there's just there's too yes, many. Yes, no, I'd love it. I don't oh, my God. No, 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 no. I had the worst pizza the other day, and I won't say where it came from, but it had it had cabbage and shredded lamb on, and it was actually horrible. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. It was... I can understand it could be a bit like a kebab type thing, but it, yeah. it didn't really work. It didn't really work. Can't say it, Sam will bleep it, just so we know. No. Anyway, oh, right. But, oh, okay. uh, it's, I mean, it's I mean, mean, I feel mean, though, because yeah, I don't like saying bad things about people. Uh, maybe one, and also had, one had sliced carrots on, which was Oh, pants. what? Yes. Carrots on a pizza? <laughs> yeah, that is a step taking too far. Piss. Um, what was your favourite TV show as a child? Oh, Tom and Jerry. Oh, really? Mm. Just classic? Yeah, basically. And I actually, um, I showed it to my son Oscar the other day, and he loved it, so that's good. Very violent. It is very violent. <laughs> You've yeah. got to learn somehow. It's probably why I thought chefing was yeah. OK. I'm yeah. like, well, this is what happens now. <laughs> Uh, what's your favourite nut? Almond. Oh no, um, a macadamia. Ooh, yeah, fancy. actually, macadamia for old snack nuts are good. Yeah. I'm not going to ask him because he's the nuttiest person you've ever met. What's yours? Um, Probably know this. Almond. It'll be almond. Yeah, almond. Yeah, yeah. almond's good. Nut. My my daughter's just discovered pistachios. <sighs> Loves a pistachio. Yeah, they're good. They're also yeah. expensive. Beautiful so nuts. Yeah, so expensive and wasteful. Yeah, true. Didn't we try and do a pistachio shell ice cream at Pigeon and it didn't taste of anything? Didn't taste of really? anything, no. mm. Just tasted of salt. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, could have got the unsalted ones, so that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think these ideas yeah. do. Uh, what's the best egg preparation? So, bizarrely, I love eggs and I've had eggs because I've always done high protein in my books like, quite often about high protein diets. I haven't been able to eat eggs properly since I got pregnant because... It, they literally just totally went off them for ages. So eggs are eggs are a difficult one, but actually I I think you can't beat um, a buttery scrambled eggs. But it's got to have butter and it's going to be quite soft. Yeah. Was there anything else that's weird with your taste when you were pregnant? No, I just couldn't. T- eggs just literally repulsed me entirely. It's quite difficult being pregnant in a, in a kitchen though, because yeah, like, everything smells so much. Um, but I loved. Um, 
luckily at home house we had an Asian restaurant and I got craving for chilli and Asian food all the time so that was that was great my wife still hasn't forgiven me when she was pregnant with our son she um she was quite poorly like very sick felt sick all the time like not yeah just day on day on day day. and so she wasn't really eating so i was like oh i can just cook all the stuff i want to eat that she doesn't want to eat and one night i was like oh i know what i'm gonna have i'm gonna have chili dogs i'm gonna make chili and then buy her to hot dogs cook them in the microwave and have chili dogs and put grated cheese on top and it, I mean disgusting You're but me delicious <laughs> but she came sorry buy chili you didn't uh, even make the chili yeah I made the chili oh, you made the chili. chili bought the hot dogs you know, bought, I'm not making an emulsified no? sausage no you know lazy um, <laughs> a lazy she, cook she, she, came, she came downstairs having probably not left her bed for like a couple of days because she was really ill and she managed to get downstairs and she was just like what is that smell and I was like oh I'm having chili dogs she never forgive me because she said the smell was yeah. the most horrible thing she never smelled. Smells and, an issue, and that smell hung around our house for some time. <laughs> and she's furious about it. Uh, sorry, that's a side note. Uh, and the final question on the quick fire: If you could be any superhero, which superhero would you be? Does Catwoman count as a superhero? Yeah, yeah I'd be yeah. Catwoman because she was obviously just incredibly cool. Yeah, had a great outfit, and, uh, and I love cats. Yeah, really nocturnal kind of. Cool. Kind of party type girl, I think. So yeah, Catwoman. She's got to hang out with Batman a bit, though. But he's not, you know, he's not that bad. Which Batman would you want to hang out with as Catwoman? You ask me to remember things. My memory's (laughs) not very good. Who's not Affleck? Not the Batfleck. No, no, not Affleck. Keaton, Clooney, um, Batfleck. Old uh, Keaton was quite cool. Yeah, Keaton. Yeah. Bale. 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 He, yeah, he's quite he's cool. He's got that voice, though. Yeah. That's a bit much, <laughs> <laughs> a bit more sort he's of He's a bit mean, though, apparently. Yeah. yeah. In real life, so... Well, he's a focused actor, you know. Sometimes. Um, who would who would you be if you could be a superhero? I mean, as a kid, it was always Superman, because you got to wear the cool pants on the outside, so I would stick with that. <laughs> yeah. It's quite easy to do, though, mm. if you want his look. I never liked I mean, Superman. Uh, didn't, didn't like his boots. No. Oh, I love the boots. I love the whole caboodle. Knee-high boots on a man is a step unless you're like a cowboy. Or a Superman. It's a look, yeah. isn't it? It's it is a, a look, look to go for, yeah. for sure. I'd love to have been in that costume design meeting, though. <laughs> and what, we're going to put the pants on the outside. <laughs> what makes him it. look really macho and really like he can take on yeah. loads of bad yeah. people? He can wear his wife fronts on the outside. I mean, it's not a natural... natural progression of thought, is no. it? Yeah, because any fight he's having, <laughs> that's all the person he's fighting is thinking. It's like, hey... <laughs> What's going? They are misdirection. Who? What would yours be? Probably Robin. Robin. <laughs> I yeah. can see you as a Robin. No, I think Bat. I think Batman. I'd like the idea of Batman gets to do all the sort of superhero-y stuff. I know he doesn't have powers, but he's got good kit. But he gets to do all that. But then the rest of the time, he gets to just do whatever he wants because he's minted. Drive yeah, around true. So Batman's and... got it all, really, hasn't he? Yeah, but he also seems quite lonely. But then he's got Alfred, so he can just hang out with Michael Caine. Yeah. Which I yeah, quite... Batman's I'd got a great life, yeah. Maybe the mask, actually. He has a good time. Yeah, he does. He likes a rumba beat <laughs> when he's Cuban P. Cuban P. Yeah. Um, uh, right. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Sophie, thank you very much indeed for your thank time. Thank you. Because um, you're very busy, so appreciate your yeah, no, thank no, joining thank us. You. And thank look you forward to um, all daying at Byron. Brunch, lunch and dinner. Yeah, you have to come and try it also. Can't wait. Thank you very much. Cheers. Goodbye. Say goodbye, sir. Bye bye.